Time is a construct. We can make of it what we choose so long as we are willing to make the choice. Every option yields a new result, which is, in turn, a new choice. We can go backwards or forwards or even sideways. We just need to make a choice. Time isn't any more or less real than anything else. Tomorrow is the far future, and yesterday is only just out of our reach. I am calling from Elm Lake. Hi. That's right, isn't it? That's how he normally begins these things? I have been trying to pay close attention to what Anthony does when he retreats to this studio with its buzzing electricity and glowing gauges, but I'm still not sure I've got everything quite right. Thankfully, I've been afforded the ability to watch again and again, with nobody any the wiser. The heaviness in the air of the past day has started to recede, to lighten. I almost feel as though the recent Moon Festival will soon be a distant memory to more than just me. Ah, the Moon Festival. So long ago, it feels like the next one should be right around the corner. At the same time, so recent that I still feel I can smell the sticky treats made for our town's non-existent children. Jorge Sanchez took the moon down from the sky, or at least it appeared that way, and our town was filled with more darkness and shadow than we are accustomed to. It should have resulted in panic, in absolute terror. And yet, within the boundaries of Elm Lake, the disappearance of the moon was met with an almost palpable apathy. The lack of reaction was underscored even more by the fact that, when the moon returned, people just continued about their business, barely even glancing up. They gathered to watch their parade, but never stopped to notice the young woman with her basket walking amongst them. They almost never notice me. Anthony has, and I know Jorge saw me that night. Really, truly saw me but neither have truly recognized me, or what I'm doing on my wanders. I am thankful for the moon's return, but my flashlight is always prepared with charged batteries, just in case. Anthony has spent weeks talking about a cabin high in the mountains, although to him it feels like only today. This cabin has captured his attention, and it has captured the attention of Lorraine Powell and George Mooney. An expedition has been planned with tools and rope and surveying equipment. I don't know how to tell them that there is no cabin. There's barely a mountain. Elm Lake appears to be in a valley, but at best we are surrounded by rolling hills, not mountains. Both George and Lorraine are hoping that the cabin will inspire them, perhaps leading to the creation of the Owl's Nest Diner. I hope so. They serve delicious breakfast sandwiches, even if they don't exist yet.
For a little while, it's felt like Anthony has noticed the time he's living in repeating over and over. I have been trying to push him into that realization, but he is remarkably resistant. Every night, I think I've moved him towards understanding, because I feel like somehow his understanding is key. And yet, he leaves here, goes to sleep, and the sun dawns on today all over again. He eats his oatmeal breakfast, glances over the same newspaper, and then goes about living the same day over and over again, without fully grasping he's already done this before. While I have been visiting with Anthony nightly, I have been trying to reach Jorge daily. I haven't found much time to rest, and honestly, I haven't needed to. Every morning, I wake up as refreshed as I was when we first started this loop. It doesn't matter if I sleep for 10 hours or 10 minutes. So I spend part of my day trying to reach Jorge. I've slipped him all sorts of art supplies. I've given him the tools to help his endeavors with math. Once I found a way to bring him a typewriter, encouraging a manuscript of sorts. But every time, Jorge seems fixated on the notion that he captured the moon. He has no memory of doing it. He thinks, and I know, that it's an impossible task. Nothing about what he says is rooted in truth. And yet, so is everything he says. There is a past where Jorge did in fact steal the moon from the sky, or at least make it appear that way. There is another where Jorge didn't do anything to the moon and it still winked out. There are even more pasts with even more possibilities, and some of those pasts do not include Jorge, the moon, or even Elm Lake. Today, I brought him small pebbles in a variety of colors. Maybe that will help him realign his past with his future. I don't know. Everything is so indecipherable. You'd think that I would have had time to unravel this knot, but so far... I haven't had any success. I have come here, to this studio, with the hopes that I can find another resource to turn today into yesterday, so that I am allowed to have tomorrow. Only time will tell, and right now time is keeping secrets from me. From all of us, really. There is one other who may be able to help me solve this riddle. However, Jonas Tompkins has appeared to go missing. Not missing like the moon, but missing in a completely different way. Jonas was here, among the rest of us, following the similar patterns of today blending into today. And then... Nothing. No Jonas. The other residents of Elm Lake don't remember him when I ask. The Elm Lake improvisational trio has always been a trio. Just as I was about to get close to Jonas, to discover his answers, he vanished. Hold on a second. I think I just realized something. I have to step away for a short time, which, if I'm right, won't matter because it will be tiny in the grand scope, and if I'm wrong, it will simply be a part of today that you don't remember when you wake up again in today. Hopefully, I'll be back with you soon.
listeners, I don't know how to tell you this, but it seems someone else has been inside the studio. I'm seeing a scattering of rose petals, which I know I didn't bring here. The air is sweet with the perfume, and the lights and dials are all jumping and dancing. The power was already on, and the microphone had a bit of condensation on it, as though warm from the presence of another. With that being said, however, I cannot begin to fathom who would have entered this space, who has been watching me and seeing where I go. The other citizens of Elm Lake haven't given any indication that they know about this broadcast studio. So could it be someone from outside of our town? The more questions I ask, the more questions I get in return. Disconcerting as it may be, none of that is important now. The door is left ajar, which I never do, but I still feel the warmth and safety these four walls provide. The gentle home of the electricity lulls me, soothing my nerves. Whoever else was here can't have meant harm, or else why would they have left just as I arrived? These are all things that I will surely try to figure out in earnest tomorrow. Today has been a very long day. Jenny Fowler has been seen, as usual, walking with her basket. Earlier, she visited Jorge Sanchez at his home, and it did appear that the two exchanged pleasantries, and possibly baked goods. Jenny then walked away, her eyes gleaming in the light of the ever-present moon hanging where it always has, and always will, in the sky. I have also heard reports that the town elders plan on awarding the Elm Lake Improvisational Trio a special prize for their participation in this year's Moon Festival. The sketches they performed were marvelous, at times almost seeming to embody more of a quartet than a trio. Special acumen went to Lorraine Powell, who was integral to their big show-stopping Capture the Tune sketch about runaway music notes. Well done, Lorraine. Speaking of Lorraine, she and George are excited to head towards the mountains to find out what happened to the cabin. If you recall, the cabin in the woods was seen a few weeks ago and then almost immediately buried in an avalanche. Both George and Lorraine have fond memories of spending parts of their summer months in various cabins, and they both believe that a little time in nature will be both refreshing and inspiring, as they have been tasked with building a new diner for Elm Lake. They have been told to name it the Owl's Nest Diner, which seems like an odd name for a breakfast spot, but I am far from being a business genius. After the success of this year's Moon Festival, Jorge Sanchez has already been hard at work trying to make something bigger and better. I won't stop until the whole world knows about us, he says feverishly. We're Elm Lake. We can do anything. I'm not sure who Jorge is talking to when he says this, as he lives alone and has no close neighbors. I happened to overhear him while I was taking a short walk around town, trying to stay limber and active. 
I also did notice a scattering of colored pebbles around his door, which brought a little unexpected joy to my walk, and splashes of unexpected color to Jorge's plans for the next moon festival. The joy of the pebbles did not last, and neither did the fear of finding the studio open and already in use. Perhaps it is the rose petals, almost some sort of a sign that things will be safe. Maybe it is just the net of protection that I have created for myself in here, putting my words out to whoever may hear them. I wonder if Jenny Fowler is responsible for the pebbles. In some strange way, even though I know it to be impossible, I wonder if Jenny Fowler is responsible for the rose petals. I am choosing to believe that she is simultaneously responsible and not. That she is not delivering these objects, but that her sheer presence is causing things like this to manifest. There's still so much we don't know about ourselves, about the world around us, and yes, about Jenny Fowler. For the time being though, I will embrace my choice and I will let the studio space bring me peace. I will find solace in the microphone, just as I have yesterday, and just as I will into the future. There is peace, and there is hope. Tomorrow is waiting. Elm Lake is waiting. Episode 6, Looped Time, was written and produced by Sean Monahan. The voice of Elm Lake is Sean Monahan. The voice of Jenny Fowler is Emma Sala. Opening and closing themes written and performed by Sean Monahan. All other music written and performed by Matt McInnes. Find out more at machinistmusic.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Elm Lake Pod to add a little irregular strangeness to your social media profile. If you've come to visit our strange little town thanks to Apple or Google Podcasts, feel free to leave a rating and review. Your words could help new listeners hear the call of Elm Lake. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to support us, you can simply head to patreon.com slash calling from Elm Lake. Your support will help us continue to grow and unfold the story and bring new elements into play as we move forward. The most Monday of Mondays to ever occur fell on October 7th, 1496. This was markedly odd, as October 7th, 1496 was a Friday. <laughs>